Okay, so I'm delighted to be joined on this week's show by Pat Walsh, famous from Pat Walsh Running. So, Pat, delighted to have you on board. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brian. I know about famous, but thanks. <laughs> Thank yeah, you anyway. That's it. Uh, so, Pat, like we've had a couple of guests on at this stage now, and people obviously have a fierce interest in the, the local runners and the local coaches, which you're obviously another one of. So, uh, we got a lot of questions in from people. I think the questions will kind of structure how we go through it. So we, we'll fly away there, I suppose, with the first one. So uh, the first one really was, how did you get into running and your, your earlier years of running, I suppose, and sport maybe even in general? Yeah, I suppose like a lot of other people, like, we all ran as a juveniles. Um, I would have ran Middleton as a juvenile. I was living in Castlemount or we'd have ran. But then I think as we had the teenage years, GA took over and... GA was more important, so I kind of stopped running then. Um, I was playing, I was playing GA away, but um, long time ago there was no backdoor systems and there was no anything. So one championship game in June, you're beaten, and uh, the season is over. Um, I was mid twenties. One of the friends suggested we run Dublin Marathon. None of us had a decent pair of runners on the went about running, but we went away. <laughs> we ran around Dublin Marathon in three and a quarter hours with two months training. So. Um, I was beaten by the bog, I enjoyed it, but I suppose when I came back playing football and hurling the following year, I found I had lost a bit of pace, definitely marathon running and a kind of field sport don't mix. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I drifted away from the running for a good few years. I didn't run another marathon for 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we used to do the Valley Cotton 10. Valley Cotton 10 was a great race every year that kept me in love with running because you could train away during the winter, run the belly cat in 10 early in March and you were fit enough to drop the racing then and you were ready for another GA season ahead, you know, so yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, and, and when you mentioned runners there, there was no magic runners or anything fancy back in those days, I'd say, was there? <laughs> Somebody, young people won't know the name of the old people laugh, I think we just call them rubber dollies. Rubber dollies, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm just old enough to remember them, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And just in terms of like when did when did the running or did it become like I know as I said you drifted into it and you had the GA background again but when then did it kind of you know cross over I suppose to taking it slightly a bit more serious and things like that. Well, I suppose you've you spoke about other guests you've had on you've had good runners and serious runners. I, I never really took myself as a serious runner. I just ran because I enjoyed running and I was always involved in kind of coaching and helping out and I, I went off in different coaching courses in general fitness and health and GA and all different things. So they kind of, they all married together to kind of that I ran, but I also tried to help people as I was running, you know. Um, yeah. My running was serious enough for, for me, but it was never at any form of an elite level, you know. Um, yeah. But I was happy doing it and I was happy helping people around me. And, you know, I think it's nice being involved, having played in a team sport for years. And then when you drift, I think running can be a bit too individual. So I always liked the idea of a group around me and helping a group. It kind of brought in some bit of team spirit to it, you know. Yeah. And just on that point, I suppose, you know, because I'm similar to yourself, I had a GA background as well, I suppose. What did you notice the big differences, I suppose? One, obviously the team camaraderie, but what were the big changes when you stepped over to running, I suppose? Well, there's the camaraderie, yeah, absolutely, but which we I tried to replicate with the group around me, but I suppose there's a few, what are the main differences, and if you have, you, I understand your GA background as well. I have played, I played on teams where I played absolutely shopping, and we won a match, and we were all heroes because the team won, yeah. and, I, and I played all sorts of games where I thought I played very well, and we lost the match. Yeah. So you sank us um, by the team. What way the team finished, whereas in running, really and truly, you only get out of it what you put in. Okay, 
no idea you get a cramp or stitch or something maybe unexplained but by and large you don't rock up the race and win the race or do very well if you've no training done like we all know you get out of it what you put into it like, yeah. you know, so yeah. that is a huge difference between a team sport and running yeah you probably control your own destiny a bit more i suppose don't you in, in, in an individual sport i suppose yeah absolutely. you do you absolutely yeah. do yeah and while you say your running wasn't too serious um and you talk about elite level but I did get a question in about uh, your your successes, I suppose, or your PBs. I don't know if you want to go through anything, but I suppose what were your highlights, I suppose, in terms of races and times and things like that? Yeah, nothing, nothing really much, I suppose. Like, at the time, I could have been at my best was when I was playing younger and playing GA. Like, I mean, I could regularly run four mile or in 20, under 24 minutes that time without any training, you know, mm-hmm. because we were just fit, you know. Yeah. But by the time I suppose I got serious, it was like I was, I was drifting out towards 70 minutes for the belly cotton 10, you know what I mean, whereas I think yeah. I rocked up one year with no training and ran it in 64, you know. Right. So, right. Yeah. You know, so I, actually, look, I, 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 I I always was realistic about my PBs. I'd know how I was going at the time. I would set my own target, and if I achieved that um, in any given race, whatever the distance, I think I would be happy enough myself. Yeah, yeah. I think there comes a stage when you're running, and at the age you can't defy it. You can obviously stay running, but your PBs that I, that you did twenty, thirty years ago, you will never do them again. Right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's it. And in terms of like your highlights in terms of races or maybe your favourite races or favourite distances, was there any that stood out over your career as ones that, you know, highlights? Well, sure, I suppose you can be from East Cock without benching the belly cotton 10. Like, I think yeah. I've I think I have 25 belly cotton 10 mugs. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> to be to say it was a fantastic race. I must probably in the latter years of it, it just got nearly too big. Like, yeah. I would have I would have ran belly cotton at the time where you went down page or entry for the day and just did it and go up a day afterwards up in the Cliff Palace and off home and mm-hmm. it was a fantastic event and it grew bigger like it, it was, in some of the years with fifteen hundred two thousand people it was great but by the end when it got to it just got too big just too long a day to be down there it's just it got too big but still it was a fantastic race one yeah. that we all miss and. Um, it was a victim of its own success, really, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic group of people involved. Um, I suppose the other one I really loved was uh, Cock Cove. Oh, yeah. um, the business house is one in October. I think there's something magical about get started racing Cock and finishing Cove, and you got there by running it yourself. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's yeah. taken. I don't know whether it works every way, and I, it's one I thinking I, I I struggle to think it I, I think we might not see it again I'd love to think we will but I don't yeah. think we will it's I, I did see it um, on the calendar right it is on the calendar still but yeah I'm wondering that myself actually as well but I'm sure we'll find out more soon anyway but uh, yeah. yeah so I suppose the, the, the races that are currently around the place that I know are running the one I love and it's a very low key race many might not even know but it's the beat the train 10 miler in Waterford in November um, heard of it, yeah. it's a group down it's a group down there, they organise a charity race with Down Syndrome, prizes are small. It's from Kilmeadon Station on the Greenway, you run five miles out, five miles back, and there's a little train running alongside with children on it, and they're cheered and shouting. It's just, it's a magical little event, uh, very low-key, but um, mm-hmm. I know it's on again this year, I may as well give it a plug for them. Um, but it is fantastic, I think you do it once, you'd, you'll always go back there. Yeah, I know a few people so, have gone to that one as well, and I've heard, but it sounds to me, Pat, you, you're very much in... I suppose in love with the magic of the running, I suppose, as much as the competitive side of the running, probably even more so the story, the story of the running, I think maybe. Yeah, 
Yes, well, at this stage, like, yes, when you want to achieve your PBs again, like, it, I suppose I can get satisfaction if I help people and coach people. And if they get a PB, I nearly take a little chest out moment for that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I can, I, I can, I can live off other people's success now if, if, if you help some person, whatever they're going or whatever their dream is, and if they get there, just a certain amount of pride in saying, I'd help them to do that, you know. So I think. A lot of my stuff now is, is there, or maybe someone new to running, I might say, look, I'll run that race and pace, you know, which might be the first time they ran four yeah. miles in under 32 or something, and you paced them all the way, sure. You'd be thrilled with that, like, you know, Absolutely. it's a long way back from where I used to be, but yeah, there's, no. still, there's still a joy in that, you know. There so. is, yeah, I get you, yeah. And I suppose that, that leads me on to, you know, you, you might laugh at this one now, but I, I think during COVID times, there were certain people who, Stood out, and I, I remember the late, late Sean Ryan Tuberty getting a lot of praise about, you know, kind of a solid thing that happened through COVID and guided people through. So I'm not calling you Ryan Tuberty, but you were certainly, I know, in the running circle, and I know from a lot of my own club mates and running colleagues, you know, you were a voice of wisdom throughout COVID and, and kept people on the straight and narrow, narrow I suppose, uh, when times were challenging. And I know you put out a piece there nearly every week, and, and it's words, words of wisdom. and often a bit of lyrics involved in it too, but where did all that come from, I suppose? And, you know, how did you get into all that? I suppose, uh, thanks for, <laughs> for the praise, I suppose. Um, I don't, I, I will, for start that people might not understand, I love English, I read a lot, I do, I read lyrics, and music, I read books, I read poetry, I read a lot, so, you know, there's plenty of stuff in there to add to a little um, article, but, um, Oh, I suppose COVID and the whole thing was just something unreal. No one knew what was happening. No one. And there was social media can be brilliant, but social media at the time was brutal. There was so much, so much hysteria there. Like no one knew what was going to happen or what was the right thing to do. So I was only just trying to write every week about stay positive, keep a level head. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we were believing all kind of wondrous things and uh, scaremongering and everything. And like, we just had to... I, <laughs> get on with it I suppose um, I was I might like when we, when we had to run on our own was difficult and I hated running on my own so I just kind of tried to chat that, that look if you have to run on your own it's difficult you're not the only one and I find that when you write about something you know you run following a few weeks later you could run with one person you talk to them and if they had an issue or a worry you write about that and without mentioning who they were and um, there's probably 10,000 other people in Ireland had the exact same issue and worry. So if you wrote it down and they read it, they felt, oh, I'm not alone. That's someone else somewhere else is doing this and Pat is writing about it. And mm-hmm. maybe it isn't an issue at all. Do you know what I mean? So there was a certain element to that, just um, trying to keep an even keel. Um, I suppose I love John B. Keane would be a favourite of mine. And he had a great, like anyone who knows John B. Keane books knows that. He, he, he'd listen to people talking and he could make a story about them, you know, and he could get the traits and characteristics. And I do like that. I do like listening to people and you pick up little bits and pieces on them and you can write little things about, you know, his situations. And another brilliant one would be Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly has these concerts and he'd go into a city and he'd walk down the street and meet a man with a dog. And that night he'd have an hour long sketch about yeah. meeting a man with a dog, you know. And mm-hmm. I just like that. You come across something, you meet something, and yeah, make a little story around that, you know. So I was trying to be positive, I was trying to be lighthearted, I was trying to lift people's moods. Like, But I found 
the other side of it was when I'd write the piece and I'd write it and didn't reread it and fix it up and everything. And when it was finished, I was ple- be pleased with it. It would have lifted my own mood. It was right. good for me. It was also a form of a diary about how I felt. Like I couldn't go back on those and read through them and say, oh, I wasn't too bad that week. Or, you know, you'd know mm-hmm. weeks you were down. And if there was weeks I was down, I said it. And people would say, no. You know, we aren't have done weeks. Hopefully we'll never have to do no, it again. But thank you for praise, No, but genuinely, I think, you know, like I, I, I'm speaking to you here, but I think it's important to acknowledge it because I think at the time, you know, it went down very well. Um, you did help people. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. We talk about elites earlier and things like that, but there's all different types of people in running and all different types of yeah. support in running from and across all levels. And I think in fairness to you, you know, uh, I think you deserve... You know, a bit of uh, acknowledgement and recognition for that as well, because I know you certainly did help people that time, and uh, and still do, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's important to acknowledge that as well. You know, it was a difficult time for so many. But, Thank you. Yeah. And lots of people sent me messages on my own page, and they were lovely to read, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, thank you. Yeah, and I suppose, like again, that's what we are our own community, and as you said, the people that have been on, you know, I think running is. That's I asked you the question earlier. I suppose what did you? One thing I noticed about running when I transferred over was that everybody you know it's in, in GA and soccer and these kind of sports it can be very competitive arena and while it's still competitive and running I think there's a, a massive support out there across clubs as well and you know that, that kind of rivalry doesn't exist in, in the same way and, but but it's a very supportive community and some great leaders in that community like yourself as well so you know again well done I won't give you too big a head but well done and I think again. <laughs> but I suppose taking COVID in and just as we spoke about it you know there's no doubt COVID has had an impact on individuals, an impact on clubs, and an impact on races as well. So, you know, in your own thoughts, you know, as we've come back out of COVID, how do you feel it's affected running and, and runners, and obviously again the, the race numbers? Yeah, I think like at the start, no one had a clue what was happening, and the clubs practically disbanded, and they had it was very hard to keep them going. And um, some people ran away on their own; they were used to running on their own, and the odd club run. But other people depended totally on group runs and club runs, and they just couldn't manage on their own, and they drifted from the sport. Um, it will be a challenge to get them back. Um, I suppose then the other side of it, um, people started messing with other sports things around work people swam people went cycling and i suppose i was as an east cock man i very proud of everyone who took part in the triathlon and y'all yesterday i was down i was the bike passed my house and i was there for a few hours and i went down to y'all to see the run and um just fantastic to see the achievement it was incredible but yeah. how many of them would have done it if we didn't have COVID? if you want to take a kind of a yes yeah. because a lot of them when did nothing to do in cycling and swimming, you know, and they were runners because I recognised an awful lot of people, and a lot of people who are members of running clubs locally were there, who were participating yesterday, mm-hmm. and like it gave them an outlet. Now they found it, they found a new sport that involves running, but it's triathlons. There, you know, um, are they gone forever more? I don't know, but they will certainly will not be running as many races. Then mm-hmm. people went cycling and they have cycling. There's a load of go down to Gary Vore, any place and see the number of people who are swimming on a daily basis. So people just drifted from running and if clubs want to get back, they're going to have to start and from scratch and walk again and get their coach to 5Ks and start getting people back in, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think, and like we spoke about running and I know I used to address this with you about race numbers, but like, 
people got out of the habit of racing. People have got out of the habit of giving up a whole night to go to a race. Like, I meet my friend and we run four miles and we're home again within an hour to drive to a race. So, you know, and warm up, do the race, the whole night is gone. Mm-hmm. It is fantastic to do it, but people have got out of the habit of doing it. Um, yeah. And they just need to get back in the habit again. Races are going to have to find different ways of attracting people back into okay. it. You know, I suppose one other thing, and we are trying to fix it within my group, I suppose I'm trying to fix it for myself, is, well, people that continue to run, a lot of people just ran in group runs where they were long runs, I'll meet you for a jog, I'll meet you for a jog. We got the mileage in, but none of us was doing, none of us is the wrong road. A lot of people I know were not doing quality training, they weren't doing intervals, they weren't doing tempos. Um, so speed was gone, both yeah. the stamina, but no speed. So then a 4K or a 4-mile race or a 5-mile race or a 5K race isn't very attractive if your last interval session or tempo run was six months ago, do you know? Yeah. So yeah. you need to be getting those quality sessions in. So they'll only happen when the clubs are and the groups and the different people are getting them in, like, do you know? Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a while to build them up again. Some guy gets three months of speed and tempo. Now he says, show me a 5K. But mm-hmm. until we get that again, people... People just don't want to race. They're behind where they were three years ago, and they just don't want to go out and run slow. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. And like, I mean, from a race organizer myself, it, it's concerning. I suppose that you know, it's it's nearly every race is done, and I look, maybe numbers have peaked. You know, peaked prior to COVID. Every there was new clubs being formed, as you said, there was coach to five Ks running nearly every week somewhere. You know, and um, it just it just was on the up and up and up, but. Um, yeah, I mean, from a race organist perspective myself, I just kind of worry that, you know, like, you know, cost of running races now has to be looked at if, if, if the numbers don't kind of get back up again. Um, and it's hard work. It's hard work to kind of, you know, I was talking to Paul Maloney there on, on this week's show as well. And Paul won the, won, won the Liscarol uh, race there the other night. But again, I know it was exceptional weather, but the numbers are down. It's it's hard for people to put in that effort then to organise a race if, if you're not getting the return of of race runners but look let's hope let's be positive let's let's hope we'll, we'll get a spike again you know yeah i think but has had races gone was there too much involved in organizing a race then like do mm-hmm. you need three category prizes across all the age groups up it's like mm-hmm. it, it means there's a massive prize fund needed to host the mm-hmm. race and then you need the numbers and the numbers just aren't working out at the moment like you know you go back a long time ago and there was races run like i mean I suppose I ran the Castle Mount, the four-mile race, I remember, for a couple of years, and they were lucky to get 80 people. That dissolved, and then it became the Belland Houses four-mile, and that had over 1,200 people one year. Like, hmm. racing might have peaked. Are we heading back to where we were years ago? That it was, like, the running that time, I mean, there's one particular result, someone kept it, and it lies around the Facebook pages there every couple of years, and I know I was 24 minutes for a four-miler, and I finished halfway up the field. Um... I was only half way. If I think if you ran six minute miling now at any race, there's no way you would only be halfway in the field. Yeah. Plus, I think the other thing, there was 80 people ran it and there was only four people ran uh, slower than 32 minutes for a four mile race with a hill in it. Yeah. Like, okay. That meant the fun runners weren't there. Do you know what? The joggers yeah. weren't there. People I love, I'm, I'm a fun runner, I'm a jogger now. Um, they weren't there, but they are contributing to the prize funds for, and the big numbers for races. You yes, know? Yeah. Uh, so they, they have to be got back. And if they're not back, then races are going to suffer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I kind of wonder, is there, uh, you know, you don't, it's kind of tough to judge it, but is there too many races? Like, obviously, we have 
we've uh, is it nine park runs in Cork now on a Saturday alone before you even you you even start to talk about a club race or you know whatever race it is. So it is. I mean, the calendar is certainly pr pretty full, and finding a gap for races is hard these days now. So yeah, there's probably more choice as well, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, we keep going anyway, Pat. Uh, Pat so um, yeah, I suppose. Look in terms of your own self, like what I think we probably discussed some of these, but I. What are what are the, some of the changes you've noticed over the years, and you know both good and bad, I suppose, in running, and you know, um, what what, what sure. would you change, I suppose, if you could, if you had the power to do so? I suppose, like, um, I, I was thinking about this, like, an obvious question, and um, like nowadays we have better gear. There's there's no doubt we have better runners. We have all Nike, Zooms, or whatever they want, and they're funny you say that I, like um i, I kind of wondered that myself have we become has it become too big a part of it like i was only talking to damien a few weeks ago there but, but we had a bit of a laugh about that i i forgot to bring my we call it running runners i my my vapor flies with me for one of the long runs and i only had the pair i was wearing driving up in the car and like it ended up being fine but in my head for so long in the first mile or two warming up it was like i, I was nearly ready to stop because yeah, we've kind of made it such a big thing, I think. But in the end of the day, as you said, running is running. So just have to get on with it. But, uh, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. Uh, but it's brilliant, it's brilliant to have Germans, everything, knowing what pace we're doing along per mile and, you know, everything. I, I just love all that anyway. So a lot of the changes are definitely far the better, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. Excellent, yeah. So I suppose looking forward a bit then again, yourself, you know, again, you've taken us through a lot of your... Um, you know what your what your what your running is about now, but you know for the rest of this year, have you any kind of main targets or goals you want to achieve yourself as a runner? I suppose first, and maybe as a coach then as well. Well, I suppose as a runner, I mean, like we have done a lot of racing this year, but believe it or not, there's a good set of races coming up that I'm going to take. I'm going to use the word take part in. Um, <laughs> like we've John Buckley on Thursday next Saturday night, yeah. which I love the John Buckley ten. Um, the Greenway half coming up in two weeks after that. The Dungavon one by the Bussiot and you run back in Dungavon and yeah. half marathon. And then hopefully I'll do Charleville and Downey. Actually, just then, now you're talking about the calendar, but these are actually all half marathons and they're falling three weeks apart, which is actually <laughs> lovely. You can run one, recover, do a bit of training, go to the next one, you know. So, yeah. um, all your long way starters so for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, another race I love, and I haven't seen that advertised yet, and I hope this back this year is the Waterford Half Mountain. It's always a good, uh, yeah, it's always a good into the year race, but um, so hopefully that'll come. 
Um, I like the 10 milers and the half marathons really at this stage from personally. So um, that's that's what I like. But I mean, I help people doing 5Ks. I help people doing marathons. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's a couple doing Dublin that we're helping out with. Um, a few other people doing shorter races, do you know. But um, yeah. I think we still into, you will have to think that the start of this year, we still go, it was still a very big world. Um I think you need this idea of getting through next Christmas. It is in January people make their plans of the year, what they do, where they go. So I think a lot of this year people are only just filling in bits and pieces because things have come along now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there was no clear plan for the year. Like we used to always nearly have a clear plan. January we'd do Dungarvan, you'd go on, you'd might do Cove, you'd go as far as the Cork half, you'd work on from there an idea of how you're doing, build up the stamina, go to Dublin. You know, we'd have a kind of a structure to the year and pick up a few bits in between. I don't think that structure, personally among my group, we haven't found that structure back yet. Hopefully we will for 2023. Yeah, yeah, I get you, yeah, 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 absolutely. I know I've bumped into a few times on the road to Dublin. Now, would you, are you doing Dublin this year or maybe coaching to Dublin? Is it, is it? Well, there's a few I'm helping to do Dublin. No, I'm not doing Dublin myself. Um, I suppose, like we've mentioned, I've had this a long time. I find um, I, I, I ran a mountain during COVID locally, a few of us, mm-hmm. all legitimate. But um, I did very little training for hours. I didn't do long runs and I did the last few miles are tough, but they're tough anyway. But um, yeah. I could do one that way. I'd find that they might, but to do a proper mountain, the, the, the training mileage, I think, for the two months coming up to it would just hurt me again and, you know I'm quite happy to, I enjoy my running now I love my 10 miles my half marathons I don't mind doing a bit extra on top of that but yeah. I'd just be worried about a, a 68 week programme of high mileage what issues I'd have with my legs or my back or anything you know mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. I get you yeah, yeah so I won't say we'll, we'll never say never again we'll say never. <laughs> for the moment you're passing on your words of wisdom for, for your, your, your marathon uh, yes. trainees I suppose yeah excellent yes um, on that note, I suppose, like I know a lot of people listening in are preparing for Dublin and like what would be your key, maybe even three points or whatever, I won't limit you to number, but what would you, what are your key points that people should focus on in terms of merit and preparation? Well, I suppose you need, you have to get your, you have to get your distance runs in, like you must get your like weekly total and a long run total per week, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It might be 32 miles this week, but the long run of 15 miles, so you can make up the other 17, whatever way you like, but you need consistent weekly mileage and you need a consistent long run, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're training to do a long run, so your, your long run is the key run of the week, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose the other thing then is, like, you must enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You must, you really must enjoy it. Um, I just, I've helped people before, the day before Dublin, oh, I just wish this whole thing is over. And I, I, I'd i be disappointed to hear that. I think you should take it as part of the enjoyment, enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to continue anyway. Like, you know, I, I'd be very slow to help, not I will help anyone, but I hate a training person for one event and they finish it and say, that's it, I'm never doing that again. I yeah. really feel, I feel, I feel on them that they didn't get there. Like, mm-hmm. let, let, let run Dublin and say, right, I enjoy that. You know, if I train a bit harder next year, if I up my weekly totals, if I did a bit of speed work early in the year, maybe I'd take time off it. That I like to hear. You know what I mean? Yeah. This idea how the whole thing was a chore. So make sure it's enjoyable make sure you know why you're doing it if a buddy persuaded you to do it and you didn't really want to you're entering it for the wrong reason you know mm-hmm. so make sure you know why you want to do dublin um and get your long runs in there they're the they're the key to do to doing it like you know yeah. Yeah. i suppose and the 
Then the other one is, and it's where a lot of, not a lot of people, but some people, be realistic about what your own target is. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're out there running nine minute miling every Saturday and you're heading for a four hour marathon, don't two weeks before and decide to try for 330 and see what happens. Like, yeah. you know, like, know from your trading what's a realistic target for you and stick to it. Do you know what I mean? Slow mm-hmm. down the first few miles and just stick to your target. Yeah. Whatever your plan is, you know, so. Absolutely. That's what you're about it, really, you know. Yeah, very good, very good. Good, good uh, pointers there for sure. Yeah, and just in terms of your own group at the moment, Pat, you know, obviously, I know from talking to you in the past as well. Obviously, you'd have, as you mentioned, you have people who are training short distances from five k's, and you have people who are preparing for for marathons, and you know, uh, probably different levels as well. Obviously, how how do you manage that yourself within your own group? You know, um, from a coaching yeah. perspective or an advice perspective, I suppose. training their own personal programs and and obviously they follow them. I had a couple of different groups that I was training myself and I was part of but COVID broke those up um, and we kind of I haven't fully got back yet to where I was. I'm still running with one kind of bigger group, amalgamated group that at the moment and it's my own fitness levels group. No, some of them will laugh if they listen to this because most of them are fitter than me. <laughs> but um, I can still comfortably stay with them anyway. Um, I suppose we run like we do different things during the week. I've back, back to, like I said, I'm back doing the intervals, this group session. <laughs> we all needed a bit of speed. You're trying your 400s and your 800s, and that's going well. And in our long run, every Saturday, like some people are training just for tens and halves, or more training for marathons. So mm-hmm. we have a, lot, a good group of people. Um, the marathon group on 16 or 15, and the other group only went 11 or 12. Well, they'll run three or four first and come back to the start point, and then we'll all take off together. Right. And then within that group, within that group we do agree that if you be as a group you run as a group so like we might throw in the first few miles together but then I'll have agreed with one of the other fellas maybe look we'll get to mile six there's water at that point in their home you push on at one pace I'll take the rest of the group and we can split the group and we just say to the group look at mile six this is what we're doing and you can go with whichever group you feel like and so we still have the idea of the group running but we can we can accommodate different paces because they can push on or slow down or whatever way they feel they want to do it you know mm-hmm. but I do enjoy the group run and I enjoy the crack and the chat with them so yeah. it's good to keep everyone on board I don't think we're ever meant to beat as a group and then we struggle out all along the road after two miles like I don't see the point in that but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so Great, yeah no fair play Pat and like I said thanks for your time this, this evening as well Um, as I said to you earlier I know a lot of people uh listening to your your weekly bit, bits there so you know i know you've a huge there's a huge interest in yourself in in, in cork as well and beyond i suppose and uh i know the, the the group you have the pwr t-shirts there we often see them there they're a part of many of the big races so long may it continue again and um i suppose look thanks for your time again and and the best of luck to you in your running and and, and keep enjoying it but also the best of luck to you in your coaching as well and you know uh, i know myself people would be doing well to to tuck under your wing and take your experience and and uh, be helped along the way wherever they could, I suppose. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Which future maybe the next guest you'll have will be a real runner. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. It's, it's all sorts. We're uh, just a good running community. And I think, as I said, you're, you're certainly one of the characters in Cork in the running scene and some of that people have interest in. And I think you might underestimate that yourself as well. So, again, it's much appreciated. And, and thanks for your time again.